0: to watch challenge on each episode we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of a particular type and then we report the results back to each other and you find listeners as well my name is Aaron Spears and I'm Mike Went. this episode's challenge is
1: something that's kind of near and dear to my heart at least uh good bad films
0: <laughs> I think uh yeah I think it's pretty near and dear to both of our hearts I don't know why it ever started for me I was trying to think like what was like a first like good bad film. I guess I hesitate to say Rocky Horror Picture Show with like my theater geek friends in high school. Sure. Cause I think that actually is just a good film. <laughs> um, I mean, it's got high camp and all that, but I think it is like in my adult life, it was probably the room in theaters. Oh yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Say, I mean, I think I, I always find it hard to say something is really bad. I, it, it's, yeah. uh, I had like a, a college professor that one time uh, criticized me because I was putting out a list of like the best movies and like, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I used to make like a worst of list, but it was, it's become increasingly hard for me to say something's like super bad. So, <laughs> uh, and I think part of it, just cause I work in the industry and I don't want to offend people or anything. I'm but sure. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, I would have to say the room and movies of that ilk, like that, I was kind of introduced to either blindly like what, like when I saw the room, it was the first time it would ever played in Cleveland at the Cinematheque. And yeah. There like 10 of us, 10 or 15 in the crowd. Right. And from there, like I just kept telling people about it, but then also, you know uh, with, with stuff that say um, our, our good friend, Dave Huffman is, programmed at the Cedar Lee who you know he seems to revel in those yeah uh, good bad films. Um I I have to probably thank him for a lot of my yeah tastes in those <laughs> those kind of things because it's just an enjoyable experience when you have like the right crowd with you. Um, yes. And you know,
0: yeah. It's it just
1: there there's nothing like it really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it could also Go very wrong, right? Oh, so, yeah. so that selection process is very careful. I did have that kind of on my criteria list. I was, I hadn't, I hadn't really articulated it before. I don't think like it's one of those I know it when I see it, or like I see a trailer or a poster, yes. or like if you'd recommended something, or like I have other people that I know that are like, oh no, this is a this is one of those movies, and I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm in, I'm I'm ready for you, but I hadn't really like listed them out or like what is it I really look for. I did write down great with a crowd, although yeah. the two of the no one of the ones my main pick actually i have not seen with a crowd i just think it would be killer with the right crowd i don't know how to get that crowd assembled though is the thing so this is like a fantasy crowd asses in the door right but it's like it has to be a certain people that like a certain type of which you know i'll get into it in a minute but yeah um i feel like they're also i wrote down incompetent in at least one way where like either like the acting is bad or the 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 the, the script itself is just like what why are they making these decisions like there has to be some sort of a (laughs) kind of what the fuck quality to it. Yes. I had, uh, the critics have to hate it. Like, you know, you're not going to have a good, bad movie. that's like, you know, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, like there has to be a threshold. So I was like, okay, well it can't be above like, I was kind of going to like a 40 ish. Yeah. Soft range, 40 or lower.
1: Yeah. Um, I live by a crowd though. I, I will say I was almost contemplating, uh, picking one of these films just because the, the Rotten Tomatoes score was so low. And also, the box office was was really bad, but okay. it was. I did. I ultimately didn't include it. So I, I'm just going to say what it is. It, it's Hot Rod, which I I think is okay. Very funny. It's like the Andy Samberg movie when it came out. It was like critically maligned. Well, yes, uh, but I can watch that movie over and over and over <laughs> again. Because it's so. It's so goddamn funny,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, but so I decided to leave that one off just because I don't think, yeah, that it doesn't really, because there are object, subjectively bad films, but then right. there are some that are just, you know, it as soon as you start watching it, like the room, like the very first line, "Hi babe," you know, I have <laughs> something for you, like you know exactly. Yeah, you
0: mean too? <laughs> the tone, like the lighting. And there's a style to it. Where you're like, yeah, oh, you, you've exposed images here, uh, or exposed the film properly here, I guess. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure what else you know is actually how we put together a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, I was. I had a little bit of a hard time with that. Like uh, one that came up that I, I haven't seen in a while, but I remember really liking was something like MacGruber, kind of like one mm-hmm. you mentioned it with yeah. Hot Rod. But I, yeah. I, I felt like maybe that was trying to be that kind of like the room isn't trying to be the room. It just became yes. the room. Like he thought he was making, I think like this is a dramatic yes. movie. Yes. <laughs> so I was kind of, it's, but it's also kind of hard to second guess filmmakers intentions. Yeah. At the same time. So I, I did stick with like, these films are trying to be, they're trying to be successful with are with the story they're trying to tell. Like they're, they're trying to be of a certain quality.
1: Yeah. It, you tend to see the ones that are at least the ones that are very critically drubbed are tend to be comedies. Like, Yeah, it's you feel almost feel bad when a comedy comes out because it seems like (laughs) it's it's just throwing itself in the slaughter to be to be ripped apart. Um, Yeah, but those yeah those ones that tend to be it you know at least it seems like the ones that want to be serious dramas and everything Mm -hmm. are the ones that are sometimes that can fit into this mold or action films. It seems yeah, it's kind of what I was what kind of gets me going uh, in a, in a positive way.
0: I think comedy definitely ends up, although actually I don't think, well, one of mine is a comedy. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I even pick a comedy? But it's so <laughs> subjective. Like, you know, uh, a, a very close friend of mine whose film taste I completely respect, thinks Step Brothers is one of like the best, best, like modern comedies. And I hate that one. And not <laughs> that it's a bad movie. I was like, but there's a certain, types of comedy that work for some people don't work for other people, which is why I think, like you said, uh you make a uh, so let's say you make a great comedy and it comes out, but there's a good chance half the critics are like, this is not my kind of comedy. Like I don't like <laughs> slapstick or I don't like, you know, rom com. You know, so like you're like, ooh man, let's hope for 60% and uh, you know, not get too maligned here. But yeah. like you said drama is just like, is it dramatic? Yes, it's dramatic. Like, there you go. <laughs> is it an action film? It's a lot of action. Yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> a little bit more cut and drive some of the other genres. Um I also, one I, I was trying to pick movies that were never like on a mystery science theater or, yeah. I mean, uh, some of the more well-known, like, you know, rift tracks or whatever, I guess, because like the well-known places people go to for good, bad movies. I, I did find that mine actually, one of my picks was used, but I have not seen that episode. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, actually yeah. I need to go watch that one. Or, you know, um, Goularty or uh, Sven Gulli, like that, that sort of style of show also highlights the uh, 40s 50s maybe like early 60s sci-fi horror which um you know is just ripe with like this type of good bad uh potential i think
1: yeah i riff tracks is one of those things that i i can honestly say i've never really i don't know if i've watched a full movie with the full thing mm-hmm. but thank god that some people have like hacked up the the uh the best of the best uh oh, yeah, yeah. or something. Because I like I I respect that and I you know mystery science theater you know it, it's I I understand it's a cultural institution but it's like after a while I just can't <laughs> 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 I can't get through a whole movie with that but um, yeah 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 but the, the room one is definitely definitely has some great liners in it. That mm. he,
0: I was trying to think like some of the, like, what's, what's the original, like, good, bad movie. And I was like, oh, it felt like kind of more of a recent phenomenon to me at first, but then I was like, oh, wait, Mystery science, Okay. There's all the, the stuff from the fifties yeah, uh, right all the way now, back to like, yeah, Fury for madness, even in the thirties. So yes. I was like, well, this has always been around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Ready to jump in with some honorable mentions, Mike? Oh, yes. You want to start us off? Sure. Uh, so the, the first honorable mention is
1: Jim Cotto from <laughs> um from 1985 uh this movie i don't know how it was conceived honestly <laughs> but uh you know you have this uh, a, a, you know a gymnast played by kurt thomas who is you know was an actual uh u.s gymnast and you know he's sent into this uh fictional country of uh parmesan uh on a uh you know, a mission for the government and um, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a pretty short film, thankfully uh, But also <laughs> it has like these ridiculous uh, karate scenes. So it's, uh, you know, mixing the gymnastics with karate and the sound effects are so, I mean, I, I wish there was like a doc about the Foley artists for this movie. <laughs> they had chop a bunch of uh, lettuce heads and stuff. Uh, right. It's like just so overtly, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know every yeah. push, every kick um every flip and uh you know it's just i'm sure and i i looked it up yeah the critics said, were not kind of to this movie but oh my god it is such a <laughs> freaking blast of of a stupid eighties, yeah. like you know especially around the same time where all these movies were being made because of the cold war uh you know it, it came out around the same time about rocky five or rocky four and uh some of the rambo films and mm-hmm. like Dawn and everything so uh it kind of fits like maybe one day um one of our art houses will will schedule like a bunch of those movies on one day the the Cold War, the Cold War uh, marathon kind of thing. movies. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but this one is is such a blast, and uh, I uh, I got to see it once with a crowd, and it was oh man, it was a hoot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you saw it with the crowd, was that? Um, was that your first viewing of it or had you already seen it?
1: I had, I had seen it once because our, uh, what, like I said, our, our good friend Dave, uh, had a group over to, to the house to watch it.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, you know, that was just a group of five and right. we we're all laughing our asses off. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> imagine like, you know, five times that at the, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. More than that at, at the, at the Capitol theater, uh, such a, such a good time. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it's the the perfect uh, good bad movie. I would say.
0: <laughs> no, I, I I'd agree. The um, I remember when you mentioned the foley sound. The first thing I thought it was like it, it was an early example of I watching a movie going like I don't know if there's really a sound if you if you jump into a flip like you're, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, cutting through the air i get is like a thing but uh yeah. yeah it was like okay maybe i just hadn't heard that in like other like you know uh 70s like hong kong uh karate yes. film scene or something but um that was that was a choice <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> how about you my i'll do my early one first i went back to 1956 mm. for one of them and it is called the violent years great uh you know very visceral kind of the violent years yeah. um uh, it's it's it was done as an exploitation film but in the genre of, this is like a year i want to say after rebel that a cause so this is in that juvenile delinquent you know what are the kids really up to kind of exploitation yeah. film. the claim to fame on this one is that ed wood was the screenwriter <laughs> um, and you could just tell with the, the the dialogue if you've seen any of ed wood's actual films um it you're just like okay it's it's functional. Uh, barely um, <laughs> the plot here is uh, he also did this one. He, this would have been right before he did plan nine, just uh, like in the uh, sure. filmography, even though he's just the writer here. Uh, but this one, the twist is that it's, it's, it's a four person gang and they're all women. They're all gir- actually girls. Cause I think they're talking about getting ready for high school graduation. <laughs> um, so there's a little bit of a, a twist on like the delinquent. It's not, they're not on bikes. Like it's not really a biker gang movie. It's just, you know, four girls who like, Dressing up, I guess, like men because they put on like overalls and wear bandanas on their face, like they're in an old western, and they rob gas stations all over town and all this. Uh, But in the course of the movie, and again, this is 1956, so you don't really see what you're imagining when I say this. Um, But they kidnap a guy, rape him in the woods, get into a shootout with the cops, kill a cop, and then the local, um, the local communists hire them to go like trash the school to like to the van or something. I don't know it's barely I don't even think it's an hour so again it's it's quick it's to the point um and you're just kind of like what what is going on here (laughs) there's no any motivation for it they're just like we're juvenile delinquents because that's what the script told us to be kind of kind of things uh yeah I couldn't you know I didn't want to do an obvious like Ed Wood one I guess because you know Google search you get the room you get plan nine you get you know birdemic some of these but I was like yeah but Ed Wood's got some other stories out there oh my god yes Yes, um, and I've seen this one a couple of times just because it is like it's so bad. It's it's good, um, but also then this was the one I found. I was like, oh, there is a mystery science theater episode. I'll have to, um, I'll have to put that one on next time I feel like watching it. So, uh,
1: any other ones, Mike? Yes. Yeah, so my my next one, and I might have talked about this on one of the previous episodes. So I apologize if it is a repeat uh, to our our fine listeners out there. But um, I absolutely adore Miami Connection. Um, it's from '87. It was a huge flop, or it, it was barely released. I think initially when it right. when it came out, and it basically the the movie is about uh this this karate school, and they're they're also a, a band uh, who have this uh, awesome song called <laughs> "Friends Forever" uh, or, or "Friends for Eternity," and um, and basically they are. Uh, they they kind of get caught up into this uh this drug cartel in Miami. It's it's another one of those films that like the story behind it of somebody from the Alamo Draft House movie chain mm-hmm. finding it in a vault or finding it on eBay and uh watching it and then putting it out there and so now like people can enjoy it and it was one that like draft house, especially, which, which now is like consolidated into neon. And and I think mm-hmm. neon has slowly become my favorite uh, independent distributor. I, yeah. I, a lot of, a lot of people a little bit younger than me are all about a 24 and I think a 24 has great tastes and they, they put out oh, yeah. really good stuff, but really lately neon is really up my alley (laughs) because they they're not afraid to like put out like a 24 it's but mostly classy pictures and you know (laughs) and uh and stuff like that but neon is not afraid to put out like an infinity pool or or something like that yeah the fact that when they were in their infancy draft house was kind of like known for putting out these re-putting out or or re-releasing movies like Mm -hmm. Miami Connection and uh, The Visitor, which is another oh, really yeah. fun but kind of bad movie, but <laughs> it's got this badass soundtrack, you know, all that yeah, yeah. Um But anyway, uh, when they put out this trailer for Miami Connection, I was immediately, I was like, I'm there. I, you know, wherever it's playing, I'm there. <laughs> and, uh, going to like a screening with like so many like uh, people. It, it just, just laughed and had a great time with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of merchandise. So I have a dragon sound t-shirt, which is a cutoff red t-shirt. Yeah, Sleeveless, I, also,
0: I believe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I also got
1: like, I have this like pink record that has the, you know, their, their two songs. One is against the ninja <laughs> and the other one is friends uh, for eternity. So, yeah. uh, it's just another, uh, like, I think like also the story behind it is kind of interesting because like the, the the guy who was in charge of this real karate school is Mm -hmm. listed as the, the director, co-writer, awful actor, (laughs) but amazing uh, at, uh, at karate. So yeah, yeah. or or, or whatever his uh, specialty is,
0: you know, you know,
1: (laughs) but uh, a very entertaining film.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I was at the, theater when we were screening that one and you could tell the crowd uh as they were going in you're like all right we right, have to get some of the merchandise ready because you could tell the people that were there that were hyped yeah. for it. <laughs> yes uh we like get the t-shirts and the posters ready some people are going to be interested uh once they've seen this movie See <laughs> uh, so that one um reminds me too i don't know if it was neon or draft house films at the time um gone with the pope yes guess, oh, the yeah. One. oh yeah i remember that one just these, like i, I don't I, I don't, I think it has a similar story where like, you know, lost, you know, found the print yeah. years later and then like gave it a proper release. Um, but they're also, they're so, I don't know, they're so sincere. I love the the feeling yeah. of it. Like it's, yeah. it, it holds together better than the room because there's like actually a plot and a little bit of structure to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to both of those. But I think it's also just being from a different era uh, helps me. Like if that story was just made right now, I don't think it would have the same magic. Oh, absolutely. Like magic to me, but um, either way. Any others for you? Yeah, I have one other one. This one I caught on VHS back in the '90s, so I didn't get to, get to see this in theaters. But there was a Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson started a movie called The Chase. <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> yeah. Nineteen ninety-four. Uh, this one really grabbed my sister and I. Uh, I remember just renting this a lot. I believe we kept getting the VHS from the library, actually, um, and just watching it over and over again uh, one summer. Uh, I remember getting hooked at first because the the trailer for the movie um had I, it was like a bad religion or no effects or it, there was some like punk song that I was doing at the time, like well, I'm not I'm gonna see this movie and this is kind of Charlie Sheen I, I think about the height of his his powers um I mean he's had some like ups and downs throughout yeah. Hollywood, but he had done like uh, two hot shots movies he'd already done major league he'd done Navy seals like he'd been doing everything yeah and uh this one uh, the chase it's completely absurd it all takes place more or less in a car because he kidnaps christy swanson who's of course the daughter of like some rich powerful you know (laughs) asshole in la or wherever and he's of course totally innocent but like you know it's all a big misunderstanding but well now you've kidnapped somebody but it goes through all the action tropes where there's um a great obviously there's tons of car chases because he's in a car the whole time but there's still explosions flea and anthony kiedis from red hot chili peppers play like two monster truck kind of hillbilly-ish guys. Um, there's a whole skewering of like the um, the news media, like everything like, oh my gosh, this is great for ratings. We got to get out there. So there's people in yeah. helicopters, there's guys strapped to the side of a van trying to get an interview like in through the window of the car. Um It's pretty wild. And it hits all these dumb action beats that it doesn't even need to. Like, they still fall in love and they actually have a sex scene in this movie <laughs> while he's in the car and they're driving and he's going like 80 miles an hour. Like, we don't need to do this. It's it's completely absurd. It moves so, so quickly. Um, I think it is like an hour and a half or so, but like it just moves quickly. It's a bunch of like goofy one-liners. Um, yeah. And like, no, no, you can't take any of it seriously. But like, it also it just kind of works that magic of like, <laughs> it, it is exactly what it is. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Was that an HBO one for you, or do you remember that, that is,
1: one? That is definitely an HBO one, okay. and actually, in, another one like I I could throw in real quick just with that, it's yeah. Like Swanson, uh, like her version of or Buffy, like the original, like I I could argue that's a good bad movie, like yeah. I understand that it's not good, but that was one that like I watched so much as uh the HBO kid, and, yeah. Uh, now, like I recently watched it again, and I'm like, "This is wow! It's pretty bad." But, <laughs> um, but I, I, I sometimes like it more than the TV show, which my I can't say it too loud because my wife loves the TV shows. So. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, but, same yeah. same situation in my house too. <laughs> and then she had done that Buffy movie. So I think it's like yeah. ninety two ish, yeah. somewhere in there. Um, and that so that had found its its kind of. Uh, it found its audience on home video versus in the theater. So like that had been kind yes. of around on VHS um, for a couple of years when, uh, when the chase uh, ends up happening, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it did not. Um, it wasn't made for much. So when it came out, it, it, it was a hit, I guess, but like not a hit the way you'd really consider a hit. <laughs> it was yes. only a hit because it didn't cost much to make. So, yes. <laughs> uh, so Mike, what film did you end up, uh, end up picking for our watch challenge on good bad films
1: all right absolutely i uh i have to i have to go with this one just because it was it was given its world premiere at least that we can find in (laughs) in cleveland so oh okay and uh And the story behind the making of the movie and and the filmmaker is just, it's like one of the most baffling movies um, or the most baffling things to me. But it is from 2012. It is Fateful Findings by Mr. Neil Breen.
2: I was given paranormal powers as a child. I've hacked into just about all the information I need. They have no idea. No more books! You were given the power. Others want to take this from me. He's writing about government secrets. I knew I loved you when I was eight years old. All this time, I haven't been working on my next book. I've hacked into the most secret, government and corporate secrets. Using it to make a real difference. And I'm going to expose them all. Should I be afraid? Should we be afraid? I'm not ready for this! I want to be honest with all of you. I've been hacking into government and corporate systems all over the country. You're going to get yourself killed. But you should be scared because it is the truth. I was wondering if he was
0: going to show up on this list.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: um, where do I start with this
1: movie? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Neil, or in real life, Neil Breen was a real estate mogul, real estate person made quite a bit of money. And he started to make these independent films. And a lot of times they're, they're made in his native uh, Las Vegas And he just gets, you know, mostly local people. And uh, this was a movie went in completely blind going to watch it. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Mm. Um, It is, I don't, it's like, could you even call it that good? I don't know. But it is, it is very bad. Uh, Very, (laughs) very, very bad. But, you know, the basic plot of it is this, you know, you have this man who. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of a prologue where he, he has this, this girl that he's like best friends with. And, um, but then she goes missing for years. He, then you flash forward. He, he now he works as like, he has this job like with computers, but you're not really sure exactly what it is. He doesn't really, he doesn't really (laughs) say, um, and he's, he is like in a relationship, but then this, this woman from his past comes into his life and it kind of throws his, his like, his like balance a little bit off. So, you know, cause he, he always was instantly smitten with this, with this woman when he, or girl, when he was younger and now Caesar again, but then he starts to hack into, he starts to like notice all this corruption. So he starts hacking into the, the government, government secrets. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and um, like the, the last like 20 ish minutes of the movie Uh, spoiler i guess but um you know he's giving this speech and it's like behind like a very bad like cgi wall um and um you know calling out all the all the corrupt government people and uh they all start kind of offing themselves one by one after they admit that they've they they are entangled in these government secrets and there is in his filmography, there is definitely this theme of espionage and uh, wrong uh, government co- corruption that he's trying to <laughs> that he's trying to, like, make right. So, yeah, um, it's uh, it's not for all tastes, I'll say uh, <laughs> so, like you have to kind of you have to, like, let yourself open to it. OK, and the acting is pretty poor mm-hmm. uh, across the board. And some of the editing choices are very, you know, it's kind of repetitive, but I have seen it now at least five or six times. And I I did buy it on Blu-ray as well. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, like, you can actually, on his website, you can buy all five or, I think he has five films. He has one that he just completed and he's starting to show across the country. So, I'm hoping that even date comes soon, but uh, you can buy like the box set of, of his movies. And uh it, while it, and while sometimes the acting is not great uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. the, the production values are kind of cheap. I just give this guy so much credit because he's made, he's making these things. And from what I remember when we did like a, a lot, got to do like a live Q and a, he takes his films very, very seriously. So I don't. He's not at the Tommy Wiseau level yet, where he's trying to change the narrative a little bit and say like, "Oh, oh gotcha." I made it bad, right, um, right? I think he generally thinks he's making good films, and like to that point, you know, artist subjective. I yeah. would say, good on you, Neil Breen. <laughs> Do your thing. Keep making these because I'm going to keep laughing. So, uh, faithful. Well, <laughs> well,
0: it's one of those that you, if you look at just on paper uh like just at faithful, faithful findings director writer producer actor editor music he lists, lists him additionally as accountant craft services special effects patient <laughs> manager production designer lighting designer wardrobe like these these are what he wants to do <laughs>
2: yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah that's uh that's a crazy level of uh auturness to have um uh, behind him have you seen more than just fateful findings of his oh yes
1: yes I've uh, been fortunate to see a pass through uh, okay. which came out that that was the one that came out after it includes the scene where he has a face-to-face with the tiger which was uh, pretty pretty great <laughs> and then uh, his uh, his uh, the most recent one before this new one I believe I want to oh, I have to find the title because it's pretty brilliant. Oh, Twisted Pair where he he plays dual roles in the film. He plays a, uh, you know, himself and a twin brother. Oh, um,
0: P- P-A-I-R
1: then. Okay. Yes. Okay. A, a long lost twin brother.
0: Uh that And that sounds amazing actually. But
1: yeah, it sounds like the new one is called Cade the Tortured Crossing. Oh my god. The the trailer
0: for this new one it's yeah. I, I will it's have to look up that trailer. Very special. <laughs> <laughs> then since uh, you've seen several of his movies, um, does he have like types of, I mean, does he hop around genres? Is it all like pretty dramatic stuff? Is it – It is
1: It is usually dramatic and it's – there's usually some kind of sci-fi element to it Okay uh, or some kind of supernatural self-element. Okay. And then there's – yeah, there's always something about government corruption. So, okay. I don't know his personal politics. I, you you couldn't really tell from this movie if he's like a Democrat, Republican, whatever. Right. Uh, I just think like maybe he might be um, an independent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's like a Bernie Sanders. Uh, He doesn't have a, he maybe leans one way or whatever, but you know, definitely beats his own drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sounds uh, like it. But yes, I think he has, it seems like he has like an overall dysphatic, dissatisfaction with
0: yes. government. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that connects with a lot of people. Right. <laughs> I was going to I had one, one last quick question for you about this sure. one. So I, um, these movies of his have always been on my, oh, I, I need to get to these. I have not watched Beyond the Trailers, any of his movies. Sure. So do they work on their own or do you really need to wait for a crowd to watch it with? Oh. Or I guess just invite some folks over and have a good time. This is a, that's
1: a very good question. I would say, it's probably best to watch it with a couple friends okay. uh, because by yourself, it might be dead air, you know, yeah. you know, like, so to speak. So, yeah, I would probably advise seeing okay. with a friend and, and hopefully maybe if, if this new one comes around, maybe they will do a double feature of some sort. That would um, be
0: awesome. Because <laughs> I didn't get to see th- – the first time I watched The Room, the first time I tried watching The Room, it was at home. I borrowed the DVD because we were going to start. I was moving from the Cinematheque over to the Cedar Lee. Yes. Uh, and I was like, okay, let me take a look at this thing. I think you'd already, you'd been raving about it, obviously, by that point. Like, you got to see it. And within 10 minutes, I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, no, 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 no. I I, like, I got the vibe like, okay, this isn't going to get any better. I, I This is interesting, but like, I, I can't just do this on my own. So like, sure. you can kind of feel it sometimes when it starts up and you're like, oh, no, no, this, this needs a crowd. Yeah. Yeah, this one, It yeah, I, I would say a
1: crowd is probably going to help, uh, especially because people will be, they will probably be asking themselves a lot of questions. <laughs> sure. Aloud, <laughs> like, you know, what? Okay. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> so speaking of crowds, so like yeah, so the one that I picked uh, for this particular watch challenge, I would like to have it with the crowds. So this is what I'm saying. I This would be a hard one to kind of like cherry pick. Sure. To cherry pick like who's coming to see this one. I went with Step Up Revolution from 2012, <laughs> also from 2012, uh, a.k.a. Step Up for uh, Miami Heat. how it was released in some theaters. It's all set in Miami. It completely breaks from the universe that I guess was sort of being created cinematically with Step Up 1, 2, 3.
2: Topping our local headlines, Miami's ocean drive was transformed today into what some are describing as a public disturbance. You ready? You're kidding, right? Let's
1: go, let's go, let's go, let's
2: go! The question on everyone's mind is... Who is the mob? Whoever you guys are, we love you! You dance?
1: Don't you know how this works? I hold a drink in my hand, you dance around me, make me look good? doing tomorrow night
2: didn't you ever want to be a part of something different something special the mob is our way to shout it's like us saying listen up we exist i want it she dance very well For a gringa. she's dancing lead consider it your initiation
1: Their videos quickly going viral. These local dancers are turning into something of a cultural phenomenon.
2: 20,000 hits in under five hours. Ever hear of Anderson Global Properties? I plan to start construction on the greatest hotel Miami has ever seen. He's buying the whole strip. Our homes, our jobs, all gone. We need to stop him. Enough with performance art. It's time for protest art. We can change things.
0: So how do you get the great crowd in for this one? I love a uh, musical. Um, so, you know, you got this, this, obviously it's all feature, it's featuring all dancing and amazing dancing. So if you like that, good. I know some people don't like musicals. They don't like, you know, the dance sequences, then do not watch this one. Like this is the th- <laughs> only thing we're here for is the dancing here in this one. Yeah. But low rating. Cause it's step up four. you know, with critics <laughs> and, I you'd want the crowd like you went you got to see R on the big screen. Mike, was there dancing in the theater? Oh, there was. There right. was a little bit. That's that's the vibe I'd want for this. Like yes. you need people that want to be there. They're there for the dancing and that are going to get boisterous. They're going to cheer at the screen. Um, we're going to start clapping when a great move happens. Yeah, that's the kind of crowd I want with this one. It's it's objectively pretty terrible. It's not terribly made, but it's doing the. Uh, Kind of like not even really Romeo and Juliet style, but like I come from the world of classical ballet dancing. That's Emily's story. And I come from the street dancing, the the Miami, you know, underground dance circuit kind of thing. Yeah. At it's 2012, so I don't really know how the trends overlap here, but they're part of a, a flash mob that dances. So it's that, that brief little window when flash mobs were a thing. Yeah. But they just like shut down the road and then they like they have um all these cars pull up and it's the opening dance sequence. So like they're, Kind of like literally stopping traffic and trying to make a name for themselves. And then somebody's also filming it. They have their DJ that travels with them to like do all the right dance remixes for them to be dancing on cars or whatever they're doing. <laughs> then Emily joins up with them. And of course, her dad is uh, Peter Gallagher in the movie. He's the evil corporate guy who's buying up, you know, this neighborhood where all these dancers are from. And he's going to develop a new Miami like luxury high rise, you know, <laughs> uh, vacation destination. So it's the evil, it's Goonies, right? The evil corporate developer gonna gonna take away the neighborhood and so they use the flash mob to become activists to save their neighborhood from evil corporate developers by by crashing all their parties via dance mob yeah <laughs> <laughs> But the beauty of it is, it moves so quickly. Like all of the tropes that I just described, that would go—you know—the meet cued, and they get to know each other. But then it's re- they realize that you know she's his daughter, so oh no, you got to kick her out of the the dance crew because right, right. he's the bad guy. And then their relationship falls apart, and she's trying to get into dance school, and all those scenes are so quick. Like it's 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 boring exposition, but all the filmmakers, like the actors, the filmmaker, they all know it, and it's just it's quick to the point, and then we're on to the next dance sequence, and the <laughs> climactic dance sequence has got to be like. 15, 12 15 minutes long it's it's amazing all kinds of different styles yeah um, and what they did what was smart about it was they got this guy scott spear who i don't know his work that well at all he's a music video director and this is his first film that's what you want yeah it's all music videos just right. with like some, some exposition in between to kind of string you along like we're all just here for the dance now let me
1: ask this yeah are the the dances done to original songs or is it like uh you know licensed oh good question uh, notable songs
0: yeah it's the soundtrack i mean again 2012 sure uh, the soundtrack (laughs) is just one of those like now that's what they call music from that era like it captures (laughs) that moment but you'll recognize a few of maybe like the um the chorus of a song like oh i recognize that song oh i recognize that song but it's more like the dj remix is the vibe than the dance sequences Right, I mean, there may be some actual like fuller songs because there's a ton of montages in in this, as you would expect. Because also that moves it along a little quicker as well. But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's kind of more like a DJ touch um, to the songs.
1: Yeah. Now, was this one? I have to. I'm trying to remember because I was still working at a movie theater at the time, and Mm -hmm. I, I didn't watch these. Um, And you know, I'm not, I'm no snob. I, I, I would, but I'm trying to remember if that if it
0: was a 3d or not because oh you bet me. it was oh okay <laughs> there we go right. i was gonna mention like the last kind of like little like button on top is like you know you're you're doing the fourth movie in a step up trilogy or, <laughs> or in a step up universe at this point it's beyond the yeah. trilogy and it's 2012 um you know it, it's after that immediate ripple effect of avatar and 09. Yeah. like everything's got to be 3d but like how do you spice up or maybe charge a little bit more for a ticket price to get a little bit more money out of people. When you're going for the fourth movie <laughs> in a franchise, it's you do 3D. I didn't watch it 3D. It's on. I think it was like on H. I think it's on HBO right now or something. Yeah. Um. But you can just tell like with the opening, the way that like the credits go and the first couple of the moves, there's like a hat coming out at you, and yeah. You're like, oh, I'm feeling 3D here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's even a if you watch the trailer, there's a, a sequence where people are running. I think it's like they're running down like a, a half sloped billboard and they're all, they've got like bungee strings on. So they're dancing, like running down sideways and then it pulls yeah. them back and they're doing flips. And it's, it's really cool. And you're like, Oh, Oh, but in 3d, this would have looked cool. <laughs> I feel that this should be a
1: future episode where we talk about the most unnecessary 3d movies of that era. <laughs> like, like I, I mean, for some reason, it jumps out of my mind. Fright, the Fright Night remake with um, Colin Farrell was three D, oh. and I don't understand why. <laughs> Probably it was just to make a couple extra bucks, but uh, yeah. there was no reason for it.
0: No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so, our uh, official watch challenge picks for good bad films are Fateful Findings from two thousand twelve. And Step Up Revolution, also from 2012. What was going on in 2012, man? That's interesting. (laughs) Great year. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what uh, challenge do we have in front of us for next time? So our next challenge, we're going to actually take a break. Uh,
1: There's a lot of stuff that happens in the month of March in in our fair city of Cleveland. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. But remember, we
0: will be back uh, in April absolutely uh, pretty soon indeed and during our little uh spring break here if you would like to suggest a topic or a genre you'd like covered on a future show uh watch challenge podcast at gmail.com or just the links in the show notes there's like a link to a form and stuff there um, or if you want to just let us know some other unnecessary 3d movies we'll start that list right now <laughs> see where that takes us
1: yeah well until next time folks rate and review the show and whatever podcast app you're using and we'll see you for the next challenge